Hello and welcome to the Homeschool Conversations Africa podcast. Here we discuss homeschooling from the African perspective and the unique challenges that come with it. If you're considering homeschooling, we hope to inspire you as you take this bold step. If you're already a homeschooler, we are here to share encouragement for this wonderful journey we are on to educate our children in the best way we can. We are your hosts, Jifa Andam and Harissa Nete Marbel. Let's dive right into today's conversation. Previously on Homeschool Conversations Africa. Hello, dear listeners, and Happy New Year. We're excited to be back with you this new year, 2022, on Homeschool Conversations Africa. Um, Today, we are going to kick off our first episode of season two with a conversation about organizing your homeschool in terms of organizing your space and organizing your curriculum and your, your mind to face a new school year. So we hope that you enjoyed this episode. It's the beginning of the calendar year. And so it's a good time to reflect, even if you're halfway through or if you're beginning, well, that's wonderful. So it's a good time to do an assessment of what you've done so far, mm-hmm. um, figure out what's working, what's not working, uh, try to make adjustments to make sure that things are are moving along smoothly and your children are having the best experience that you can give them. So for us, um, where do I start? So (laughs) I guess I'm going to walk through this space and I'm going to talk a lot, but this is for the benefit of those who may just be beginning or just trying to give lots of different examples Mm. for people so that people can have um, some options to choose from. So thinking through um, our space, we've done uh, all kinds of things. Let me give a bit of history. So when we first began homeschooling, um, we were in some temporary housing, getting ready to move into a house that we were building. Mm. And so it was a small space for us. It was a two-bedroom place and we had a little dining room. Um, and so that's where we started homeschooling. And so mm. it was all of us around this dining table. One part of the table was even against the wall. So it's mm. not like we had that much space. Mm. Um, but at that time, not everybody was doing serious school anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had a wonderful backyard, a nice big backyard. Um, and so uh, we, we could do that. What I find is that your needs dictate the kind of space um, that you should try to have. Yeah. That's what um, tends to happen. And yes, we, we may all wish for more space a lot mm-hmm. of the time, but um, it, it may not happen. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I think that's why organizing is so important because sometimes you may have something, some things that you're storing in a certain way that is using up more space than it needs to. So mm-hmm. once you're able to organize them well, you may find that you actually have more space than you, you previously thought. You did, yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, so we um, we moved from that. Uh, I think even when we moved, okay, when we moved, then we had individual desks, um, mm. but they were in our living area. Mm. I just had them in different corners. 
And we also used our living area a lot because there are things that we do together, like circle time. Mm -hmm. And there are some subjects that we were doing together, history and stuff. And so for those, it was easy to just get everybody from their corner. We all just sit in the living room on the rug. And then we, we have that particular subject. So that's another thing we've done. And then we moved on to where now by... God's grace, we have enough space um, to, to be able to have a homeschool room. We decided to use a guest room, the dedicated guest room um, mm. in our home as a school room because we, we needed that more on a daily basis. And then mm. there was another smaller room which we could turn into a guest room. Mm. And so that's what we are doing now. So when it comes to in terms of when it comes to seating, seating areas, that's what we do. Now, if you're considering where to um, have school, like I said, uh, if you if you don't have the space, then it's most likely going to be around your dining room table or maybe some other table that you have in your home. But you mm -hmm. should think about things like your children's psychological uh, personalities when you're making these decisions. Mm -hmm. Some children uh, have a hard time focusing um, mm -hmm. more, more than others. And for such kids, if you put them around a table, they might be distracted a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, if everybody's not quiet at all times working, I've seen this happen. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you have a child like that, you might want to consider find, finding a little corner for them in order for them to be productive. My kids love to talk to each other. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I do love us to be together, too. Um, a lot of the time, I've tried to keep us together during school, like in the same space. And maybe that's also because of my own <laughs> needs. I don't want to be walking all around, <laughs> going from this place to the other place, trying to check on everybody. I want mm -hmm. to see everybody at the same time and be able to help everybody. Yeah. at the same time but then maybe if you have kids who are growing older who are more independent like my older daughter is now who can who are managing themselves um for the most part mm. then they they would be able to sit on their own somewhere because sometimes she says the younger ones are disturbing her or if mm. we're if we are working on a subject where we have to do a lot of talking then that may be distracting to her. So these are some of the things that um, you might want to consider when you're thinking about what another thing you can consider is what kind of lighting they have or what view do they have? Like, it, it, should I put this child's desk by a window so that they can see outside if we have some lovely trees outside, flowers, mm -hmm. grass, that's a nice that's always nice. Yeah. Sometimes you may have birds come and perch and they can look at that. Mm. So that's a, a, a good thing. Or if you have a distracting view where maybe you just see people going by on the road and you think that's going to be more problematic, mm -hmm. then you probably want to move your desk and turn it in such a way that it's not facing, facing yeah. that area. So uh, I think we have to be intentional about some of these things mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. all of these little things affect um, yes what goes on in our day and the amount of work that we are able to get mm -hmm. done or not. Now, in terms of organizing books, that's the next big thing that um, I can think of. 
So before I get, go on to that, so what I have currently, I think I'll put a picture on um, uh, Instagram and Facebook Instagram. pages. Uh, mm -hmm. Yes. In terms of the desk, I got a carpenter to just, he just took a, um, a four by eight board. You know, mm -hmm. like how you have these MDF or HDF boards. Mm -hmm. um, I think we cut it into two. I wanted the whole length because I have four kids. So I was trying to give everybody about two, two feet of working space. It was one long table mm -hmm. and we used, um, I'm not sure what to call them, brackets. Brackets. We put, mm -hmm. Yeah, strong brackets under underneath them. But these brackets fold. And, and I did this because in the events that we ever had to use this schoolroom as an extra bedroom, which has happened before when we've had a lot of guests, I'm able to just kind of fold that table mm. down and it's out of the way. And then we mm. can be able to put, you know, make space for sleeping. Mm. So that table has worked nicely. Um, it's They're still all around the same table, but I think because they're not facing each other and they have to face the wall, maybe it reduces the, <laughs> the amount of <laughs> the amount of talking or yeah. distraction that goes on a bit you know as opposed to when they're just looking in, in each Facing other's faces. Each other, yeah. <laughs> yes so this is for my particular situation this is what um i found is working it's working better than when we are facing each other so mm. in in terms of use of space it works nicely for us and the wall above them, I put things like I have a hundred charts. I have their cursive um, charts there. And mm. I keep changing the things. Their schedules are on that wall. And any other things that are necessary um, that they may need to refer to often, I put on that wall. Um, I don't have it to where I would love to have it yet. I don't like putting things directly on walls. And so mm -hmm. I've been thinking of solutions. Um, if you guys have ideas, please share it on, your, on, on the pages for me. And I was thinking of putting maybe a long wooden um, piece of wood that you can easily like tuck things into and mm -hmm. take out, you know, with, well, a, well, with yeah. tuck pins. Yeah. What we are yes, doing then, is I have Kara's old like play mats which uh -huh. are made of foam so uh -huh. that's yeah. just hanging like on top of the shit the, the shelving that i mentioned and then we use oh. i use push pins to like put wow. like alphabets and, and numbers okay. and things and pictures but i okay. even i am looking for a solution for that because i i feel like the push pins are not too safe for her so right now it's out wow. of her reach but um yeah. it still gives me nightmares a bit <laughs> And that yeah. would be colorful too. And that's an awesome idea, I think. Um, is there, maybe you could use something else other than push pins um, mm. to put the things up. But that's a great idea. That's a great mm. idea. Yes, and so th that's what we have um, with, with our desk situation right now. I have my own desk, which is across from there. And it's big enough um, so that I can take one child next to me at a time so if i mm -hmm. have to help somebody if i have to bring somebody over to my desk and explain things to them or teach them something then they are able to come into that second chair mm -hmm. and i do that and then after that they can return to their own workspace there's also uh, a comfortable little sofa in here 
Um, mm. And then we have a little rug on the floor as well. So when we have circle time, um, we can sit there as well. A lot of the time when the children have to do reading for literature and other things, you know, sometimes they get tired sitting upright. Um, yeah. Yes. At first, I used to be very strict about strict. that. <laughs> but uh, over time, yeah, you change over time. Just forget it, you know, it's not that big a deal. So long yeah. as you're getting your work done, done. Mm-hmm. um, that's fine. Yes. Yeah. So they can relax on the um and do their work. Sometimes they even want to move to the rug. Um it's not my favorite place because it mm-hmm. can affect handwriting a bit. Mm-hmm. But you know, sometimes I let it slide because mm-hmm. I understand that sitting up yeah, and be tired from tired. sitting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 When it comes to organizing our curriculum or our books, uh, what what I've tried to do is at the beginning of the year, so that was before September, I went through all our books. We had received our new books. I know the ones that we had used the previous year that we will not use again. Some of them are, um, are being used by maybe the next child. And so we keep those. So when I sort the books into that group, I had a pile for give away for selling, um, for putting away for the future, because I do have four kids. And so there are, there are things that, you know, all four of them are going to go through. Mm-hmm. And so I have to keep, um, but sometimes because of the spacing, their ages, I have to keep it for maybe two years before the next child gets to it. Mm-hmm. And so for those kinds of things, I have in tubs and boxes and they are stored way up high. Um, our schoolroom has a closet, a generous closet space. And so that's pretty much what we use as our shelving, our bookshelves, our storage, everything. Mm-hmm. And so those books are way up high. Um, we don't we don't need them often. I keep out some books though, things like science books, because they are you can always be learning from those. And so I keep those and I actually don't keep them here necessarily. Um, I keep them with our other books. Uh, we'll we'll have a whole uh, episode on how to organize your home library um, later and I can get more into detail about that but I keep those up so that the kids can always have access to them um, to read and just keep learning at their own leisure um, time but then when it comes to the books we are using currently so books use books away future books away the ones we are giving away, we do that. Um, I try to put them on sale or give away those I have to give away. And then for the curriculum that we are using currently, I've organized it by child. So each child has their shelf. I find that this works for me. There's another way that you can do this. You can do this by subject. I've seen people do that as well. So here's our math area. Here's our language arts area. Here's our history. And and books are organized that way. That also works for us. um, I found that having it by child works because it also helps with keeping keeping track. Like, who left this book here? Like, I know this book came off your shelf. If I find this book laying around somewhere, you're the one responsible for it. (laughs) So that helps me Mm. um, as well. So it's... Um, they they all have their books and like I said earlier so my youngest is the shortest so I try to give him a low shelf so that mm. he can be able to reach his books and I don't have to help him 
and that's how it goes. And so the highest shelf belongs to the oldest one who happens to be the tallest too. Mm -hmm. And um, let me think what else have we done? Um, there are some subjects that we do together or, an, or a couple of kids do together. For those books, I just, I just put it on whoever shelf their space. So if there are three of them doing that subject together and there was space on one of one shelf, I just put it there because I know it doesn't matter. That person pulls it and brings it and then we use it and then afterwards it goes back. Um, I know people do things like color coding um, the books. People even cover the books, like each book with a, what do you call it? I don't know, wrapping paper, some paper of a sort. So we know that every time I see a green book, I know it belongs to this child, blue belongs to mm. this child. They not only do that with books, they do it with all kinds of things. So you can do as much, you know, or as little as you want. Just I think about what, <laughs> yes, what works for you, what helps your school day to keep going and um, prevent you from having too many unnecessary breaks and pauses mm -hmm. along the way. Um, if you don't have shelves, um, if you don't have shelving, you can, and let's say you are, you do school at your dining table and so you don't have the space to have a permanent shelf. The shelves are always nice. But uh, if not, you can use baskets or bins. I know these are always some people, people using rolling carts as well. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Rolling carts, if you can find them, I'm sure if you go on Jumia or mm. or if you go into some of um, your neighborhood department shops, shops yeah. like I've seen some at China China in Ghana. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm. um, Melcom, Sahad in Nigeria. I'm not sure about other places, mm. um, but Jumia is online. A lot of us can have um, can find things on there. So that's one we um, people give each child a bin i know mm -hmm. i've done this before um or a crate even um the crates that we use for you know the glass mineral uh, we mm -hmm. call them minerals or soda mm -hmm. <laughs> um, bottles mm -hmm. those crates uh, um, will serve well for storing homeschool books so you mm -hmm. can put books in them you know you can stand them upright in them and then you can even put other supplies that a child needs so yes, then each yeah. child has their own little crate mm. or bin um and they know when it's time for school i bring it here now i know we'll be thinking about weight right mm. and so a, a cool little hack you can do if you're if you're the diy type is to find a way to put wheels underneath mm. those things yes and then that was easy. Or people just store it in a corner in the dining area. You know, we've done that before. So in one corner, you know, we just stack these bins or crates. And when it's time for school, you can just get it down. Everybody's crate sits by them or sits along the wall. And then they can keep going back and forth yeah. and, and getting things from it. Um, so when it comes to storing books, I, I think that um, that's, that's what we do in oh yeah one more thing uh, what well, we have a lot of read aloud um story books that we have to read some of them are part of our curriculum or books that we want to read so let's say christmas just went by right 
-hmm. I pulled out all the Christmas books that we have. I put some in the living room, but I also have a little basket in the schoolroom. There are different ways that you can do this, but I try to display some books or put them in there in such a way that the kids can kind of see the cover. I find that it helps because they are attracted to that display and then mm. it makes them want to pick a book and read. Yeah, read. So even though some of them are required reading, we do that, but sometimes it's just good to place their read aloud. Memoria Press, um, because we use their curriculum, they offer, uh, as part of the curriculum for the lower grades, there's a read aloud every mm. week a book yeah. that they're supposed to be reading. Yeah. So on Sunday, I'll pull out those books for the kids, each child, and put it in their basket. Again, so that's easily accessible to them. And it's more likely that they, they'll pick it up and read it. I, I don't insist on it, but I make it available because I know they also want to read their own things. They are always picking up something. So long as you are reading, I'm fine. Mm. And so that's one thing you can do. Um, I've seen other people do the cool... Um, I'm not sure what it's called. <laughs> it's, it's a display where you see each book, yeah, the cover of each book. You know, like when you enter a book I want to do myself. I want to do that too. It yeah. looks so cool. Um, mm -hmm. I saw Adishola at Raisin, Raisin ID. ID. Um, has on, a show, yes, yeah, on Instagram. shows like that yes. as well, yeah. Yes. Recently did that for a kid, and I thought that's so cool. Because mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, when the books are just on a shelf, that way mm. they may not see but when they see that picture that cover it's hard for them not to come not and pick to, it up yeah. and, and try to read it so that's a really a, a really neat way to display books um the final thing i want to talk about when it comes to books is uh, how to what to do about used homeschool books um, what I mean by that, it's not the textbooks which you may be able to reuse or resell, but the work that your kids have done, like if you had them taking notes in a notebook, um, or if you had them filling out a workbook, over time, that becomes a whole lot of books. Mm. <laughs> and we don't have an endless amount of space yeah. in storing books. And the truth of the matter is, you know, do you go back to them? You refer to them. I know different people do different things. I've seen where um, if people use worksheets or sheets, they can kind of keep one notebook where they keep um, some work that's very special to the child, some projects they did. Mm -hmm. So you can have a file or folder system and do that. So that way you can get rid of the others um, at the end of the year or some people keep books for a year. And then after that, they get rid of it. Mm. I think I've kept books for two years, but I'm running out of space now. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I keep them for two years and then I, I get rid of them. Mm. But one thing I did in the past, which I think I'll come back to, is taking pictures. like mm. Just to be able to keep track of yeah. the, the child's work. Of course, yeah. you have we have our whole program, so we'll be able to say, this is what we did in third grade and this is what we studied in second grade. But we can take a few pictures, maybe for the math book, I take five pictures or five, um, 10 pictures, sample pages, you know, and mm. just digitize that and store that away. Then that way I'm able to get rid of the book. But of course, if there are special things that the child has done, um, 
special artwork and things. We can have a, a whole folder where we keep that and that's just your your precious little things. If if your child has um, some work that's really dear to their heart, maybe a piece of um, some artwork that they did or um, it was a quiz that they felt they did very well on and they want to keep whatever it is, you, know, you can dedicate a, a binder to mm. that and with some sheet protectors and then you can put that work in. Just make sure that once that thing gets full, if you don't want to have 10 of those of those mm-hmm. things by the time you realize <laughs> is it whenever there's a new one coming in, consider which one you're going to let go of. Mm, <laughs> you know, maybe digitize. Um, just like you do in your home so that you yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So um I think that's I think I've touched on all the different things we do to help us organize our curriculum or the books that we have yeah nice so lots of good ideas do you have anything to add i mean this is our first official year so not much to add (laughs) maybe at the end of the year i have more (laughs) tips (laughs) we'll have to wrap up here but we will continue this conversation in our next episode so do join us then thank you for listening to the homeschool conversations africa podcast